Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. I'm Skylar Sokol. And today we are talking about our, well, my, (laughs) first, uh, my impressions of the Halo Infinite campaign, the first new FPS Halo campaign in over six years. Holy schmoly. Yep. Long time. That is a long time. In those six years, Anthony has had four children. Yep. yep. <laughs> I didn't have any. I didn't have any in that. Yep. <laughs> At Halo 5. That's correct. Yes, that, this is, we went from zero kids, Master Chief Smith, to four. Did, did, did the kids uh, hang out while you played the campaign? So the campaign has, like, uh, you know, it's semi-open world, so... There were like Brittany, Brittany wanted to watch the campaign with me, but she was not necessarily forced to be there the entire time because like I was doing a lot of whatever side quests or leveling up chief kinds of activities, you know, right. in the middle. So we were able to coordinate either keeping them entertained, you know, during they, they, we were able to keep them well entertained and or napping during the story parts. So. Now, to me, I think one of the most interesting things about this Halo campaign are the open world aspects, especially for you, because you do, are not an open world gamer generally. I feel like open world is a bad, bad look for an Anthony to feel motivated to play a game. Granted, I assume Halo overtakes that. You don't give a shit, but curious, how did the open world feel? Did you like it more than previous uh, Halo, more linear experiences? What what, what are your overall opinions on it? And maybe give us a little overview of how it works in your mind too, just for me and the audience. Yeah, and then even a step before that, for the people who don't know, Halo is my favorite gaming franchise. Um, so this whole conversation, you kind of keep that in mind. I'm really into the lore. Um, I'm like up to speed on all the books. You know, I I either have read or know what happens in all of the books released so far, including the ones that just recently released. Anyway, so I'm like, yeah, a it'll super be interesting to think about if if this was just a game with no story that you were familiar with and you were learning mm-hmm. the story for the first time, if you would have the same feelings. Yeah, we'll get to and that I'll later. Touch on that. Yeah, I'll touch on that. It's, it's so getting into the op- the, it's a semi-open world. It's not like open world Assassin's Creed kind of open world. And in fact, IGN, I stumbled upon a tweet from IGN yesterday where they said two thirds of the initial Halo Infinite open world scope was cut actually in 2019. Wow. So they were going for something that was kind of more Breath of the Wild, but up to leading up. This was the IGN tweet. Okay, like. Uh, going up to they had like a halo infinite first or whatever ign first thing so i'm guessing that's where they got this information from some people have speculated about it but coming from ign having done the IGN first sounds like it's legit like um they in order to contain and focus the vision for the game they cut scope on the open world significantly 
uh, used to be something more like Breath of the Wild size. Now I would say like I I I don't have enough experience to your point on like open worlds to really compare it to something. How long does it take you to get from one side of the map to the other? Or that doesn't even really exist, right? There's not just like an open map you can run on all the way across, so, right? There are like areas that you get closed off from and stuff, right? So the when uh, the way the campaign works is um, you start the first mission, you play you play like the, the more or less like the 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 structure of the campaign is there are mis- story missions that while they take place on the ring are either closing off segments of the map, as you're saying, like because the bridges to a different like broken ring island are not connected or because like the narrative's pushing you towards a direction or you're literally in like a forerunner structure or a bandage structure or whatever. It's kind of keeping you in a more like linear sort of progression. Um, You have see you have a mixture of those moments and then the open world. So you got kind of and there's actually a point, I would say, like two thirds of the way in through the story ish where you're just like all story. You never return to the open world until you finish the story. Really? Okay. So, and, and does the game warn you of that before you go into that part? No, you don't have a heads up on like, you're never coming out here again. Kind of. I mean, you come back out to the ring, but you don't have free roam to explore everywhere. If that after, makes sense. Even after you beat the whole full story. No, after you beat the whole thing, you get the, you can go wherever. Oh, okay. But there's like, um, there's uh, there's really like I would say three I no there's technically four four islands if you will uh-huh. you beat the first mission and you're on the first island it's connected to the second island underneath it and you can play stuff along those so there there's um you know talking about the open world aspects that we'll maybe get into from a gameplay perspective there's these forward operating base like capture a base uh, rescue marines. Uh, take on a banished fort kinds of events scattered throughout the map. Um, Those are spreading across those two islands at first. You can do those at your leisure and then initiate like the next narrative beat by playing, by going to the location where it's specifying like, here's the next story thing and you play that and whatever. So this sounds like very basic open. This sounds like, like sort of like a baby's first open world sort of idea. It's not very innovative. There's no like open world innovation happening here. It's very, very straightforward. You're either going to the story location or you're doing arbitrary side quests uh, how did you feel about arbitrary side quests? In a lot of open world games, they get pretty repetitive. I know that Far Cry has very similar side quest missions where you take over bases over and over and over and over again. And I know a lot of people think those got really old after a while. What about what, what about Halo? How does Halo do that? Yeah, let me get to that in a sec. I just wanted to compare it for people who have reference to it. It reminded me a lot of how Destiny 2's structure was. So Destiny 2... is not really open world it's like semi-open world and it's a similar thing like if you wanted to progress through the story you had to go to the planet where the story mission was on otherwise there was like public events you ran halo infinite gave me a very similar vibe basically yeah that i would hesitate it's hard for me to even call that open world in today's world that's why 343 have been saying like it's not an open world it's like it's a they call it semi-open world (laughs) because it's not like it's you you can't compare Compare it to an Assassin's Creed right. or Cyberpunk. Or even, in, correct. Like, there's no comparison. It's not that. It's a uh, uh, it's a semi-open world. Okay. So anyway, getting back to the 
the, the side quests. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about because that to me is like make or break of an open world game. Now, granted, this is a semi open world game. Like what I'm interested in, what it, what is the gameplay like in those? Does it really feel varied enough to encourage you to do them more? Or are you just doing them because you feel like you have to? And also, do they provide you like additional narrative information or additional like stuff you wouldn't be able to come across if you didn't do them? Yeah, so the types of events that you can run, there's these what are called forward operating bases, FOBs, on the map, which are basically previously human strongholds. The Banished take over, and the gameplay design is more or less Banished are taking over the base, you kill them all, and you own the base, and from that base you can spawn vehicles, you can spawn weapons, and as you accumulate more FOBs, you you level up the shit you can spawn there, if that okay. makes sense. And at the same time, each one of them comes with what's I would call the primary like auxiliary lore delivery mechanism, which are the audio logs. Okay. okay? So every fob has an audio log in addition. Uh, we'll get to audio logs in a sec. So every there's fobs and that's their sort of encounter design. The fobs all are the actual ma- does the actual base all are the same the bases are all the same but Ooh. where the bases are are different so you're the way you approach them is not always necess- like one's like in the fucking open and you have to deal with that differently than the one that's like at the fucking but they like, always the like their their architecture is always the same yeah all of those fobs are the same huh okay now then there's um smaller so i would say that's like the medium-sized event if Uh you will the smaller event is um the marine squads that are like in trouble along around the ring and those are like there's a group of marines they're tied up and you got to save them and kill off the the banish okay usually at those there's either an audio log or sometimes in the immediate periphery Similar to Breath of the Wild, sorry, the, the one thing also, this is this relates to the fobs. When you accomplish these events, it opens up more of the map or at least shows you more of like the secrets. So like there's there's Spartan cores. So, okay, I'm trying like not to explain yeah, all of you the don't game need game. to. It opens up some secrets. That's all you need it, to say. It opens up secrets that affect your actual like abilities as uh-huh. chief that you can do and how okay. you can so, so it basically just helps you level up potentially gives you a little bit of lore that's what it sounds like these side quest rewards are yeah and some uh some cosmetics for multiplayer kind of stuff so did so you think like, they were fun what was your opinion on them did you think they were like by the end did you think they were fun i guess would you go back and do them again now that you've been yeah, I'm, I'm still doing them all okay. right like i and and the two main it's hard for like I'll answer it from I'll try and answer it from two angles. My personal angle, I'm loving it. I, I'm only because, really curious about your personal angle. Honestly. Okay, so from my personal angle, I'm loving it. One of the main reasons why is because the accomplishing of them highlights secrets around. Okay, and the secrets around are things I'm you know compelled to find either Spartan course to up finish upgrading chief or. Um, uh, the cosmetics for multiplayer or the audio logs. Like okay. I really want to find all the audio logs to get all the lore. In addition, at, in the process of this, you like accidentally stumble upon some sick caves that tie into audio logs. Some like okay. um, there's like forerunner relics and shit that like ties into lore stuff. So 
like the way I've been using, especially the FOB and the um, rescue marine missions events are like they are the ones that are giving me excuses to per- to look at that part of the ring right now. Uh-huh. And as I'm doing them, I'm also doing this other shit, right? So like exploring it, and stuff like that. It really sounds like if you were not invested in the narrative, you would not really care about doing these things. But your investment in the narrative really motivates you to like, do you think just doing them is fun? Is the gameplay element of it fun? I'm just curious. What's the gameplay element of it like? And maybe we can use this to transition to what the gameplay of the campaign is like and how it feels different for multiplayer if it does. Yeah. So um, the reason why I think it is fun, it is compelling is because the gameplay in the campaign take some of like the funnest ideas of the multiplayer and sorts of, and sort of just cranks it up to 10. Right. Okay. So you have like in, in multiplayer, you have the grapple shot, you have the thruster, you have the drop wall and you have the threat sensor. These are all things in multiplayer in campaign as chief, you have them all, all the time. Okay. Uh-huh. You can switch between them and use them. And you can level them up. So, like for example, oh. the, the the totally leveled up gra- grapple hook. When you shoot it, first of all, it's infinite ammo. When you uh-huh. shoot it at somebody, it stuns them like a shock rifle, like whatever. And you can do this thing where, like, you hold melee and you do this like Thor punch into the ground that like shocks people and shit. For example, that's sick. What about the upgraded yeah. repulsor? Does it feel like not? stupid so repulsors actually not repulsors. Not sorry, sorry. i mean uh i mean the, the the thrust so the thrust is sick not only does it shoot you far you also get a, a camo ability that happens for like a huh. few seconds interesting and you can use two thrusts at the fully oh. version. okay so like at the end of the gameplay at the once i i like the way i leveled up is i leveled up my grapple hook all the way first thrust all the way second threat sensor all the way third then you can upgrade your shields and then i just started drop wall because who gives a fuck uh-huh. like, <laughs> now you oh, said oh, there's no repulsor no repulsor um, arguably no repul- the most fun arbor ability to use in yeah, multiplayer I don't, I, I don't know why not it's I'll not there honest. at all you can't find it you can't use it at all i haven't campaign. seen it and i have heard i have not seen anybody say that it's there huh. so that's a I really don't know strange if- choice in my mind I, I for a moment thought like is there maybe like did it cause some design headache in some way or something I don't know I really don't know or, yeah or um, maybe they like finished the campaign before they added the repulsor to multiplayer like true, true. who knows maybe dude or um the other thing is that from a you from an interface perspective so especially like at the end of the game where I'm fucking fighting bosses uh-huh. and shit and whatever I am like because with this with this grapple, you can do the thing like you grapple, and as you land, you fucking slide and jump. So you're fucking like going all over the place, and then you immediately toggle the thrust, and you fucking thrust, and you hide and shit. Yeah, it's like getting crazy. Um, it sounds like like Doom uh, level of doing lots of simultaneous things once you at, have at everything the end, upgraded. You yeah, know, like I was definitely using all that shit. Yeah. You're like. Threat censoring, the the leveled up threat sensor highlights even camo people and it shows their health. It's super important. Like when you're fighting the elite guys, the elite guys go fucking invisible and you cannot fucking see them. Like anyway, so you're using all this shit at the same time and blah, blah, blah. I do wonder if there was just 
you had they had to choose do you put it the drop wall in campaign or do you put the repulsor and they you fucked know what up I mean? is I don't what, know. We're, what we're saying <laughs> <laughs> I, although i haven't played in legendary i'm gonna try it in legendary but some people have been saying the drop wall is a big deal in i could see i could see having portable cover being a big deal in legendary for sure and you can level it up so right. maybe the leveled up le- wall is actually it's sick yeah the threat sensor, like I said, I don't really use it in multiplayer, but it fucking is such a huge deal in the campaign. Right. <laughs> I could see that for sure. Okay. So, um, so those to get back to your events, those events are fun to fight because it's so fucking fun, dude. Like to like come you, there's no fall damage. You can be on a fucking cliff and you just jump off when the fob is down there. As you land, you slide, you fucking grapple and you slide and you thrust in and you're going like fucking 400 miles per hour into this base and there's a brute chieftain with his fucking gravity hammer. And bo- it's just like chaos, you know, like mm-hmm. um, the 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 AI, I guess, is what I would say. Yeah, I'm interested in the AI. How did that feel? Was when they are all together, I, I would just generally say the AI was like a ton of fun to fight against in isolation. Some of them are pretty weak, but when they work like in tandem, you got your chieftain with your elites or whatever like that. It's uh, not only is it the most fun when you've got like uh, the whole squad there and you're not like just picking off grunts or whatever, but they complement each other real good. I mean, that's usually in general, I would say the strength of Halo's AI is the complementary aspect of multiple types at the same time. Right. So, yeah, um, nice. that it remains true. And they're fucking funny. Like the, the I did see the video <laughs> of the grunt singing the Halo theme and saying he hated it. That was funny. You just, there's a there's a grunt line one of the funniest ones that i heard was like he's like hey let's lure the human out uh let's use that good human bait uh snacks or money yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that's amazing and um, then like what you throw they throw the brutes will throw the grunts sometimes right. so like the grunts oh that's a funny one too the grunts like turn on the plat the suicide grunts turn on the plasma grenades you know and they run at you uh-huh. and one of the lines is like they turn off and they run like oh fuck turn it on like whatever and they're running <laughs> and then the brute will fucking throw them and like you hear them say like no 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 and then they throw them and like ah whatever so it's like that was done real well i i enjoyed that huh. for sure that's awesome so transitioning from some of these uh voice acting lines I, i'm <laughs> curious what you thought overall of like the narrative in the universe and let's get into uh, no non-spoiler narrative opinion first. Maybe just talk about how you feel about it, and then we'll do a quick spoilery one. Okay, cool. Um, and I actually forgot one event that we'll circle back to. Okay, one event type, which is actually the biggest and funnest in my opinion. Oh uh, well, then why don't you just go over that real quick? That one real quick. That they're forts. So banished have forts around the ring. Some of these actually do tie in narratively, um, and they have like audio logs or whatever. But they're these are not the same okay so those are more interesting yeah and those are bigger like significantly bigger than fobs and they've got more shit going on they're more difficult um those are fun and in fact like some of the some of the forts that i have immediately next to deal with i didn't tackle because i was going to do them on stream just like oh nice well that'll be great okay so so anyway there's a kind of scaling there forts fobs and marines tell me about the narrative I love the narrative. So again, it's, it's redemption. It is. Not only is it redemption. I like, I got to say, okay, like this is how I would explain how we're coming into it, uh, how I'm coming into this. Halo four was an awesome narrative. It was very emotionally driven. It mostly centered around Cortana fucking goes crazy. She's in the process of like mentally deteriorating throughout the game. 
And then finally at the end, because there's a fucking crazy forerunner, Chief can't save her, and she dies saving Chief, right? Very, like, lots of emotional tie-ins in that story, blah, blah, blah. Halo 5 comes along and brings Cortana back. Like, first of all, what the fuck? And then she's like, hey, this no evil, spoilers. Like, in five, in five. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, we can so, spoil previous Halo. Yeah, games. we can spoil five. And then, so coming into this, I this is I without saying any spoilers, what I would say is I felt so extremely satisfied with how they closed out the arc they started in four. Okay, with the Chief and Cortana stuff, while at the same time very satisfied that it was not done at the expense. Of like Halo 5 story. Like they didn't ignore Halo 5, uh-huh. but they they looped it in in a satisfying way to be able to like close that out. You know what nice. I mean? Um, so I felt really good about that. And the second thing, which uh oh anyway, the second second at big overarching aspect is they set up a fuck ton of stuff. Like there's a lot of places the Halo story can go. Um in uh-huh. game and for sure in the extended lore because okay. of some of the stuff set up. That's awesome. So for people who want to not get spoiled now, leave. Anthony's going to talk a little bit about spoilers in the campaign and the, in the narrative, and then we'll get into some overall impressions before we close it out. So give me your your quick spoiler overview, your favorite spoilery parts of the narrative, why you thought it was so good. Yeah, I first of all, the intro was fantastic. Um <laughs> The uh, prior to coming into this game, Halo fans, unless you read the recent book that came out, would not know that the leader of the Banished, who's this big fucking huge brute called Atriox, who previously in Halo Wars 2 kicked three Spartan. There was three Spartans like Master Chief. They're Spartan 2s, like the most elite, whatever the fuck. A team of them took on Atriox and all three of them got their ass kicked, right? I'm so sorry, I'm sure like, you'll go into a, you'll probably release a thorough lore overview sometime about all, all this. Yeah, all I want to say is that uh, the intro, first of all, the Atriox was even there was a surprise and huh. he fucking kicks Chief's ass, dude. Like, whoops chief's ass and chief doesn't get his ass kicked like ever but he beats his ass and he leaves it with you're like he, i mean the way the intro starts is atriox is holding him off the ship like the human like capital ship or whatever and he's like i'm the last face you'll ever see fuck you man like he doesn't say fuck mm-hmm. you man but he throws chief off right the intro that was like sick as fuck and the subsequent intro where the pilot saves you and you take over the banished ship and you like fucking blow it up awesome like it was a great there were the way the what i would say from a gameplay perspective there were several times in that first mission where i was like can i do that and i could and i was like oh sweet you know like cool there's hanging shit that you're like the banish whatever ship that was about to get deployed you're like i'm not supposed to jump there am i and you like do this crazy jump you're like fuck i was supposed to jump here you know like whatever um so that was the intro was sick uh, they set up this thing where there's a, basically a new species in Halo. Like, huh. um, there's no evidence. No, they have not been introduced in any way in the extended lore before. And apparently, okay, uh, for the sake of this conversation, I'll sum it up. More or less the story of the Halo universe, humans and forerunners and all alien species were created by this common precursor species. Okay. They made everybody. Okay. Right. Fucking 
long story short, forerunners who were chosen to be like the what's called the the people who were responsible for caretaking life in the universe, rebel against the precursors, kill almost all of them, devolve humanity to cavemen, you know, fucking whatever, and create the halo rings. And the reason they create the halo rings is to stop this parasite called the flood that right. um, kills everything, right? Right. And in the story, forerunners activate the flood, kill everything, and they leave, like, if you will, like seeds of populations across the galaxy so that life can little by little return to normal. And me and you are, for example, living in that post-Halo firing timeline, right? right? And that's like what Master Chief is in and everything. Right. So there's a species introduced in this that apparently was not killed by the, the Halos, okay? Okay. Which in itself is weird that would imply they have like no neurological no nervous system whatever the fuck but anyway um they were apparently we find out the forerunners basically imprisoned them so when they found out the halos can't kill them they they tricked them they imprisoned them and they put them somewhere on this particular ring that you're on Uh uh-huh okay and so the game one thing that like I got to think is part of the cut is the game ends right as you're killing one of these new species. Like, I don't know, caretakers, if you will, who Uh wants to release them and you, and you stop her. And it's like, Oh fuck. Everyone is now aware of like the endless, these new species, like the endless, the guy's problem, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, so is this like, uh, uh, there's going to be some DLC kind of thing, or do you think this is set up for halo, whatever? Oh, and here's the other thing. Well, on the DLC note is because, the way the legendary ending ends, you finish the game by putting, you finish the game by beating this caretaker harbinger lady, like I was telling uh-huh. you, and you're like, okay, I, we we heard about the endless. Apparently they're bad, but they're still locked. But right before she dies, she's like talking to somebody and said, like, sorry, it takes so long. You have all you need. And then the legendary ending cuts to Atriox, who was supposedly dead. By the way, uh-huh. he, all the whole game he was dead. He has like the key and he's unlocking them, kind of a thing. Ah, so, so big anyway. cliffhanger for for more content. Yeah, it's a it's a so I big cliffhanger for them to release a wave defense game where you fight against the endless, right? <laughs> I hope not, man. I hope <laughs> I find. My gut feeling is that the uh, um, the endless have some time travel ability so for what it's worth i'll be if there is time tra- if time traveling is about to be introduced to the halo universe it's not it's not so right. far uh hope it it goes good uh, yes know? time travel is a risky uh narrative it, device it's a risky narrative device so um but that's my gut feeling they haven't technically said it yet but that's what i i suspect interesting um, so you're we're waiting to see and there was some sick, sick, um, the legendary ending. There's a narration of a forerunner talking to his Ancilla, which is like the a- forerunner AI. So you've watched all and these endings. You have not beaten it on legendary yet, right? No, I didn't beat it on uh-huh. legendary. I beat it on heroic. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do want to beat it on legendary. Anyway, the forerunner is talking. I think he's a judicial. Anyway, the certain high rate of the forerunners, and he's talking to his Ancilla. Not only do they have awesome voices, but they're like talking about how – then still is like they're 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 in the conversation. It's it's clear like a flashback, and they're approaching these endless species, and they're they're tricking them. They're basically saying, "Oh, we they think we're here to help them. We're going to trap them, imprison them, put them down here, and like don't." 
erase it from the archives. They don't exist because they're more dangerous right. than the flood, apparently. Okay. And he at the very end says that in order to imprison them, they have to um, deploy offensive bias, who is for the fucking Halo fans. He's like the most elite of forerunner AIs from back in the day. If like without him, they wouldn't have stopped the flood. So there's some hints throughout the campaign where Chief's new Cortana, the weapon is like, something's helping me. I don't know what. It's really old, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so you think I'm it's fucking, this this forerunner I AI? Think, I, do, I think Halo's like about to go like... Ballistic? Just, yeah. And I, I, I was thinking about it. I mean, well, if you want to take Halo forward gameplay-wise in 10 years, you kind of need maybe some narrative devices to justify some crazy gameplay shit, you know? Sure. No, it sounds like you know? this could do it. Anyway. Okay. So um great. That sounds awesome. Seems like they did the narrative really well and that it wrapped up nicely for you. Well, nicely enough to make you want way more narrative. Um uh, now yeah, well, and uh, last thing I'll say about that, or Brittany will kill me, is the bad guys were so good, man. Like they are like I think if you don't know the banished, maybe a person would think they're sometimes a little too stereotypically bad guy or something like that. But they're so like uh charming for bad guys i don't know how to how to put it like they're so endearing in a way they've got like this very very them ad uh character and attitude the the main bad guy the main war chief estrom even at the end like him and chief kind of have a respect for each other um they totally obviously like one killed every they're killing each other's species all the time but like they there's like this like warrior respect anyway the banished were awesome Loved them. Um, cool. uh, and they, I don't know, dude. I just like, I finished the game and like the wor- best word I would describe is like, I felt so wholesome, you know, like mm-hmm. it was such a satisfying and wholesome experience. And it's been a long time since I felt satisfied from a Halo campaign. It's probably 2012 from Halo 4. And it's a, I don't know if Halo's ever had a happy ending. <laughs> like, honestly, like there's always an ending of like, yeah. We stopped them, but we just killed a fuck ton of people in the process. We stopped them, but they're for sure going to come back. Like whatever. This one kind of just like I don't know felt good. Like, right. Even though it's a little ominous, it didn't it didn't feel it that much. Yeah, I mean, y- you y- it's ominous because you know more than Chief does. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. but for Chief, of, it's pretty so. happy. Yeah, and Bro Hammer. Yeah. Oh, dude, I I just I there's a cool. Chief is generally like a shallow husk of a character, but there's some cool things that I like even made me think a little bit because he, uh, I mean, there's a moment where he's talking to the pilot about like everybody fails and that's a human thing. That's maybe like a more deeper emotional or kind of a thing, but there's this one moment where he, his mid, okay. The last thing I'll say on the narrative. Okay. Uh-huh. Last thing I'll say. Uh huh. <laughs> there is it, in Halo five, in Halo 4, I'm sorry, when Cortana was going rampant and she was losing her mind, by protocol, he was supposed to, like, put her down, basically. Like, kill her. And he didn't because it's Cortana, right? And then Cortana fucking goes crazy and she takes over the whole universe and blah, blah, blah. So Chiefs, like, thinks it's his fault, right, mm-hmm. from that. So now he's got this copy of Cortana that is that is used to trap Cortana, okay? And he's working with her. And he, like, doesn't trust her because of what happened with Cortana, but he wants to trust her. And there's this whole dilemma and at this one point, when it looks like she's going to get taken, uh-huh. okay, Chief starts initiating the like kill sequence on her, 
And she, at the last moment, escapes from her thing and then is like, what the fuck? You were trying to kill me, you know? And he's like, I was like, it's a moment where he's like, like the way that it built up to that moment was he knew that this is what, this is how he fucked up and he wasn't going to fuck up again, Uh you know? But that in the moment where he needed to make that decision, it wasn't the right one to make. You know what I mean? Uh And I thought that was like a, cool there is depth there to that moment um and i uh I, I was like i don't i don't know i don't think even halo 4 hit that a nuanced of a depth as well as it did in that in that moment of nice. like so anyway that, i thought that was really cool that was probably one of my favorite moments so i'm done cool. no more so um great so is this the best halo campaign ever I don't okay. <laughs> uh from a gameplay perspective, like infantry gameplay perspective, it's not even close. Infinite is by far like the most fun Halo campaign okay. ever. Um from a vehicle sandbox perspective, I would probably say there's like Halo 3 especially some of its sandbox encounters did more with it. Yeah, Brittany's in chat. Brittany 100% thinks this is the best okay. one. Okay. I just think like um it was really good. Um, you seem hesitant to say it was the best ever, though. I don't think it's the best ever. What's the best ever? Three, Halo Two, Halo Two, Halo Two is the best ever. Halo One is second place. I mean, we're talking like Halo Two is like ninety eight in my. We're talking about the campaign only, just to be clear. Yeah, Yeah. Halo Two is like campaign ninety eight. Halo C is Halo CE mostly because of the novelty edit at the time and all that sure. stuff, right? I'm judging it by at the time, right? Halo CE is like a 97. Halo 3, well, being like it closed things out so good and blah blah blah, I got to give it like a 94, and then Infinite feels like a 93. You wow. know what I so mean? So it's the fourth best. It's so though it can't it cannot top the original trilogy for you. It cannot it's, get above it. It had it. I think like what it did, it did really good, but it didn't um, um, bust through some aspects that it ne- it would need to from a gameplay perspective, maybe to top those other ones. I see. Right. Interesting. Like Halo, like for example, Halo Two, Halo Three. I, I think, in my opinion, if it's going to beat out one of the games in the trilogy, it has to be stronger in all aspects of leveraging the sandbox uh-huh. and everything like that right halo 3 you had these encounters where there was this big scarab boss where there's this it's like a big machine covenant machine and you need warthogs to like take out the legs and you need to like fly into this thing in the gut of it to blow it up like it really like kind of fully used the sandbox Mm -hmm. if you will and really explored infinite didn't have set pieces like that from a gameplay perspective. It's in, like I said, it's infantry. I'm just chief gameplay is fucking the best. Like it's mm-hmm. so much fun, but it didn't have necessarily moments like that or whatever. I see. Um, and okay. uh, so I like really good, but the others are just, they're like literally legendary, like the other ones. So sure. like in order to beat it out, I actually agree with, I don't know if you saw polygons, halo list, but Polygon described Infinite as like, they said, I don't know if any th- a Halo game can ever beat something out of the original Bungie trilogy. Uh-huh. But Infinite gets really close. That's like exactly how I feel. Like, yeah, it sounds like there would have to be a a large innovation 
that we don't really understand for it to beat out the original trilogy. And overall, this is, I, it sort of sounds like they kind of were relatively safe with this one. They weren't like trying to break any barriers. They were just trying to make a good Halo game that people would think was comparable to the original trilogy, but they weren't trying to exceed it. And that was like modern. You right, know, I right. think that modernized that yeah. a modernized Halo take that felt Halo to Halo people. I think that was their primary goal and they nailed that. Awesome. So um, well, I, I am super ecstatic. The soundtrack. Uh, I, the uh, last thing I'll say from an overall impression is you remember our first ever podcast, we talked about experiences yep. and I gave you the example of peril. I was going to have a whole audio section, but you decided to talk for 15 minutes about the narrative. All right. The narrative is so good. <laughs> the, that aspect that I told you that day where halo has these moments where you're master chief, it's a really serious context, but because you're chief, the music's almost like playful yes. and blah, blah, blah for the first time. Since Halo 3, that came back, man. Okay. There are moments where the fucking like forerunners are like coming after you. Oh, you're going to love there's this forerunner boss that has this like, I don't know, kind not techno-y kind of theme song, but it's like a more synth kind of uh -huh. version on Halo themes. Oh, it's so cool. Anyway, they 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 the the forerunner is like gonna whatever get ripped apart by these other things and whatever the fuck. And the music is like Piano's like duh duh duh, whatever the fucking like a bass is playing while you're like fighting chieftains and shit. Oh, like I can't tell you, you the the goosebumps counter, dude, off the charts for infinite. So many times I'm like, oh god, this is so good, man, so good. Uh, awesome. the, I love the musical integration. I love how it's all over the place. So I cool. love the love the music. Yeah. Well, super Halo, super well, super Halo. We integrated. So, if people want to find more about us, where can they find us? If you want to find more information about our studio, and if you want to talk to more Kale Koala Halo fans, you can go to our there website. There are two Halo Kale. channels right now in the Discord. Not there are there two, are two Halo so. channels right now. A spoiler one and a not spoiler one. And uh, half of our team is gearing up for SWAT tomorrow. We're not even going to attend our meeting. <laughs> If you want to uh, hang out with us, Halo people, um, go to KOKoalaEntertainment.com. There you have links to our all our social media, including our Discord. And while you're at our website, you can find out how you play our research idol game, um, which uh, is, is an idol game, super easy to play. And as you level up, you get automa automatically entered into giveaways. You can play trivia for weekly giveaways. You can uh, win all kinds of stuff. We literally just ro rolled two winners last night um, shout out to the trivia server for somehow just like never going down recently i don't understand scared because we started doing giveaways i guess so because it used to go down like a weekly maybe but i it's been like weeks it has there's i, I probably should be saying this i'm probably jinxing us but like <laughs> i was surprised yeah the, the trivia is there we have weekly ten dollar giveaway so if you're looking to get the halo battle pass all you gotta do is play like three minutes of multiple choice trivia and then yep. you're in um, you get $50 plus your choice of merch for the other Discord giveaways. In addition, get more information on our single-player physics FPS coming to PC and Xbox Agora um, at our website, kokoalaentertainment.com. I just started work on a level codenamed Superman Golf, so get hype. It's cool. <laughs> uh, it, probably, it's almost guaranteed not what you think. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Brittany is very mad in chat. 
Infinite is best. Everyone knows it. Nostalgic ass fuckers are blind to innovation. <laughs> well, we'll have to get Brittany on here for her uh, her well, opinion. I mean, like, if lit- technically speaking, from a gameplay design aspect, yeah, like Infinite outclasses the old ones in a lot of ways. But I'm I'm kind of trying to compare it to Brittany. I agree I, with I, you. This is the same situation where people thought that Super Mario Odyssey wasn't the best 3D Mario game. Those people are fucking dumb. <laughs> I agree with you 100. Brady, I have a, your vote on this one. I, I agree. I agree. Okay. Infinite's the best one. Okay. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> uh, all right. And remember, I forgot that it was on Game Pass, so you don't have to spend $60 on it. So maybe I will end up playing it. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most uh, I haven't found anybody who says don't play it. So, yeah. you know, um, check, check it out. It's on Game Pass. Get that $1 monthly code. Boom, boom. T- boom took boom. me. I would say on heroic took me roughly 20 plus hours, but I was also doing side quests. I think they say that generally speaking, you can do it in 12 to 16 hours. All right. Longer than most Halo games, way shorter than any open world game that's ever been made. (laughs) Right. Yep. Cool. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. And next week, a non Halo podcast. Oh man. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) First time in four episodes. (laughs) Right on the month of Halo. Very I mean, good. I, I will say Polygon released their 50 best games of 20 or 100 best games of 2021 today. And the second place game was a game I've literally never heard of. So, I haven't either. So I've never heard that. I game. bought it. It was on sale today. It, so I'm going to play that and we'll see what that's like. I wonder. Do you think they put it? Did they put it on sale after the Polygon article? I don't I think so. It only had 30 minutes left when I checked the sale. So I don't think so. I think it oh, just okay. happened to be on sale. That would be quite the pivot. Right. I did, hun. I just, Brittany says she's going on a labor strike until I admit it's best. I did. It's best. best. (laughs) I'm going to go eat some buffalo wings. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you next week. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Bye.